Today's episode is being brought to you by the book Overcome, written by JJ Cicero. Make sure you guys head over to jjigcicero.com or follow at jjigcicero on Instagram to make sure that you go pre-order, get your hands on a copy. Uh, she's got a lot of amazing content, amazing stories that she's attaching with the release of this book. She's got a lot of cool merchandise. We have also partnered with her to share some of our stories. Um, so that'll be a cool little thing to be included. So again, it's jjigcero.com and at jjigcicero on Instagram. And of course, you guys should be following us on Instagram too. So that would be at the number two RXM podcast. And make sure that um, we'll do a better job of keeping things updated for you guys because we have been slacking we've been dealing with some structural things on our end we want to make sure we got things uh flowing the right way for you and um as far as content and eventually resources that we want to be able to freely distribute in a timely fashion as well as i mean merchandise this is not a, a free process what we do so you know we gotta make sure we do what we do so again well, i want to thank you guys and make sure again you go pre-order that book and as always be kind to yourselves and thanks for listening so let's get into today's episode all right guys the title of today's episode it's going to be a good one i promise you it's called in the name of the father this is verb it's going to be verb for uh, a few episodes i'm not going to put a number on how many episodes is going to be me but um for the foreseeable future we'll leave it at that so this episode since we touched on the gray area and a little bit of my upbringing last time with the gray area speak a little bit about my relationship with my father going to be one-sided I will you know we'll we'll speak on my relationship with my biological father and my mom's boyfriends and her husband's because she's had a few um and I'm going to touch on some things and and how they've affected me and you know my relationship with my father and and how that has affected me as a father and as I said, this will be one-sided um, because the bulk of this will be in relation to my biological father and he passed in 2012. Uh, but we'll get into that when when it's time. So yeah, um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you. If it's not, then you, you kind of you heard a little bit about my upbringing um you know my dad was in the house he was around i really didn't have like a stereotypical you know rough childhood as people would say oh my dad wasn't there no he was there i just knew that he worked a lot my dad was a he was in corrections he was a correctional officer um coming to find out he did a lot of things with people with uh, substance abuse issues and things like that um also come to find out he had substance abuse issues as well as mental health issues so 
that um, that was a big deal. But I didn't learn that until really later in life, and I really didn't understand a lot of things until later in life. But I mean, that's that is life, you know. You as you grow older, you learn. You know, you understand things a lot more. But um, growing up, and it was it was cool. He was into sports. We, I he used to give me haircuts, the chili bowl fade. It wasn't even a fade. It was just a chili bowl, and I hated it. But is whatever you know he he used to push education on me um he was pro-black super pro-black you know i was never grover jr because i am a junior so i was never grover jr it was always baby your baba something you know he always said something in swahili or you know he was always speaking on you know some higher pro-black frequencies that I didn't understand. I didn't get it, you know what I mean? Coming up, I grew up in Shaker Heights, Ohio. Well, I went to school in Shaker Heights, Ohio when I first moved to Cleveland because I'm not originally from Cleveland. I was born in Stockton, California. That's right outside of Oakland. And we moved to Cleveland when I was about, I want to say three or four um, because his mother, my grandmother was sick. And so he moved to take care of his moms. And that'll be a parallel that we'll touch on probably in the next episode. Um, but anyway, he um, he did that. You know, like he, he was always speaking in that, you know, showing me some pro-blackness. He always had his, uh, his knitted kufis. And, you know, I never really got it. I never understood it. I was always wearing the, the red, black, and green, but never... You know, I just thought that was what we did, you know what I'm saying? You know, he was always into sports. He uh, he made the Minnesota Vikings practice squad, destroyed his ankle some way, somehow or whatever. Didn't make the team. He was a track star at East Tech here in Cleveland. And it, it was a bunch of stuff, man. But, you know, I really did love him. I liked my dad, you know. The love was there inherently you know because he's my dad and um it was the the respect was like a fear i was terrified of my dad too you know he's big he's a bigger guy and you know those who who see me now as an adult i mean imagine me being a little lanky just shorter and that was me as a child so you know it, it was always that fear of him just being a a larger human being but I really did like my dad I really did admire my dad and um so like coming up it was crazy when he wasn't really around for certain stuff for he always pushed education going to college and things like that but he was never at parent-teacher conferences that was always my mom and he was always at the sporting events and always at the sports banquets and stuff like that um, so I don't know if that was like a, you know, patriarchal, matriarch. I don't know what that exact term is. Somebody correct me in the comments. Patriarchal society or whatever old school way of thinking where, you know, it's the old school, the gender roles or whatever. But um, yeah, he wasn't around for that type of stuff. But it wasn't like a big deal. Like I really did. 
I didn't want to be my dad, but I wanted to do things like my dad did. I thought he was cool. You know, he had a lack. He had an old school Cadillac. He had two Cadillacs and I got an accident. (laughs) He got into an accident and I was in both accidents with his Cadillac. Um, So yeah, like, it was weird because, like, growing up, up until about 11, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think nothing of it. You a kid, you know? You don't think anything ill of your dad and you don't think nothing's going on you don't think nothing's crazy but um at the age of 11 that's when you know my reality kind of set in and things kind of changed for me things kind of got crazy so that night I remember it because it was like I remember it vividly haunts me like I popped up all I heard was yelling and screaming because you know my mom and dad they would fight they would yell, they would, like, shit would get thrown, and, you know, I would pop up, and I would just be scared, you know, I wouldn't try and intervene, that's not my place, I just hide under the bed, hide in the closet, till they chilled out, then I go back to sleep, or fall asleep in my little hiding place, but this night, they, um, you know, it got heated, got heated, and you can hear kind of the tussling, so it, it got real, and screaming and you know shit breaking and bodies being tossed around and shit I'm like alright this is this ain't normal and so my first thought you know was somebody's you know this is not mom and dad there's gotta be somebody else in here like fucking shit up so I pops up um I had we lived in a, a three story so our Rooms were on the second floor. Uh, first floor was like, you know, living room, kitchen, dining room. And we had a basement. So our rooms was on the, the second floor. So I was uh, up in the second floor doing my one to, you know, listening more than anything. And then when it got crazy, I run downstairs, check, you know, run outside. Well, it was snowing. I didn't run outside. So I opened the door because I'm like, well, what's going on? Like, it's, you know, seeing if anybody's here. Like, I'm really lost. <laughs> Super lost on what's going on. And then I, um, you know, my mom comes kind of stumbling down the stairs. And she's bleeding. Like, her face is just toe up. And so, you know, I ain't think nothing of it. I jumped up, closed the door, went and called the police. And we had a downstairs bathroom in the kitchen. I was attached to the kitchen. And I hid in the bathroom until the police came. And uh, needless to say, that's the night that my life started. To ch- one of the nights <laughs> that my life started to change. Y'all gonna catch a lot of those. But um, that was the night that my father had beat my mother. So all that tussling, all that fighting and all that, I just essentially heard a domestic violence incident. I had just called the cops on my dad. I just took my dad, the black man, out of the house. And 
hindsight being 2020, I'd do it again. And this is no ill will towards my father. Because I love that man. That was my dog. But it's... It's things you don't tolerate. You know? And even at 11, I knew that what's right is right. And that wasn't right. You know, he beat beat up my mother. And those of you who know my mom know she was literally me but shorter. <laughs> and a woman. So picture me, if you've seen me in real life, about 5'2", slightly heavier. And a woman. <laughs> so he, he beat her up. So, from 11 to 19, the next, what, that's eight years? The next eight years of my life, me and my mom, we moved back and forth. Apartment to apartment to townhouse to apartment. You know, just trying to make it happen. You know? And, of course, hindsight being 2020. Figured out that she lied about stuff to make sure that I stayed in the same um, school district, which I wish she didn't because <sighs> hindsight being 2020, I could have been in a better school district. But um, it is what it is. She kept me with, you know, where I was comfortable. She did what she had to do for me. Um, we'll get to that later episode. But um, it's about my dad. So in those eight years of me... And my mom running, jumping, you know, just trying to get it done, trying to maintain. And my dad, you know, he did his own soul searching. He had an addiction or two, uh, narcotics, alcohol, mental illness, all these things. He even was in the rehab program, sent me some stuff. He got married a few times. We kept in contact. And all things considered, I got to give it to him. Like when he was in a similar place that that I'm in or coming out of or whatever you want to say or have been, you know, some like people say like the sunken place. Some people say lost, whatever, you know, stuck, whatever adjective you want to come up with. He did try and reach out, you know, he did. He didn't give me details, but he did want me to know that he was thinking about me. And again, outside looking in, you don't know when you 12, 13 to 17, 18, you know, you don't know. And the narrative is, is always spent in the wrong direction. You know, the narrative was, oh, your dad don't care. Your dad not around. He out here doing whatever, whatever. And your mom out here busting her ass trying to do this this and that and she the only one and he only sending this he only sending that you know we we assume we assume you know we counting his pockets we count his mental status you know we'll never know because we weren't there but that was the narrative that was getting drove home to me so I gotta give it to myself man I was a really in tune motherfucker like that 1819. <laughs> I gotta give it to me. Because, alright, so upon graduation, I wanted to, my dad, 
convinced me that I should go to the Air Force. So, I actually failed the uh, the test, the written test to go to the Air Force. I could have retook it, didn't want to do it, decided I wanted to go to school for um, business. But I wanted to leave the state, didn't want to stay in Ohio. Uh, just, I wanted to live a little bit. So, I decided to go out to where he was living at the time, which was Vegas. So, I go out there everything's fucked like I wanted to go to the community college play ball play baseball because at the time I was I wouldn't even say good I was like decent I was a decent baseball player I'm thinking I could play juco you know just to keep me focused keep me on on track and you know get the school shit out the way because school was nothing to me at that point and then I'm out in Vegas so I can make something happen I get out there and it's a shit show, bro. Like my dad, man, just he wasn't he wasn't in a position to support me and I wasn't in a position to handle Vegas at 18. I had some growing up to do and he had some prep work and maturing to do, which I understand his situation that he was in. And it was crazy, dog. Like he really he just wasn't there for it, you know? It was really a case of like right place wrong time so I dropped out um I used my refund check to fly back to Cleveland um didn't really like explain shit we just talked about it came back you know with my (laughs) my (laughs) with my tail in between my legs I wasn't a big dog I was a puppy and um you know I, I explained it to my mama and then me and my dad, we had beef for for about a month or two. Like he he couldn't understand, you know. It, and it got a little confrontational. The word "weak" was thrown around a lot, um, you know. And that that hurt. That hurt. But um, I get it though. I get where he was coming from. He's an athlete, you know. He was trying to motivate me and trying to get me to understand that life was more than. You know, there's six blocks in Cleveland that I roamed. And I, I appreciate that now. And I told him that when he was still here. So, he, um, basically when I came back to Cleveland, man, I, I took a, a week. Went to our local community college out here. Got their big ass book. Figured out what the fuck I wanted to do. Landed on recording arts and technology. That changed my life. Um, realized that I could do that but I can only get a associate's degree so with that I decided to go ahead and drop that um, drop the uh, business and go into um, recording arts and go to that path and I devised this really ridiculous plan and I can say it with confidence now um, that I'm pretty sure and honestly I don't know I don't know if my mother or my father I know my dad knew but I don't know if my mom knew I don't know how closely they talked behind you know without my involvement so basically what happened was I lied to my mom and told her that I had these scholarships and all this all this stuff lined up 
while I was going to school here in uh, Cleveland to get my bachelor's in recording arts. So it ended up being an audio production. So basically, I lied to her, told her I'd be going back out to Vegas. And this was a really crazy, intricate plan. And well, uh, I just told her that like, look, I know that I made, you know, the first time I went out there to, to be with my dad, it didn't work out. And, you know, I wasn't ready, but I felt like if, if I was going to do it, you know, he was getting a little bit older. I felt like, you know, the, the three years I was, you know, 19, going on 20, 21, something like that. You know, I was in a better spot now to uh, to really handle Vegas as a city and, and just my responsibilities as a man. And so I went out there, went, on, went out on a mission, said I was going to come back with my degree. And so um, I did it. <laughs> I moved out. Um, lied to my mom moved out back to to Vegas lived with my dad um, spent the next three years rebuilding my relationship with him learning who he was really appreciating him um, yeah learning so much about him man he was such a good dude he introduced me to so many great people out there um, understanding also that that a lot of my childhood he was addicted to substances, you know, alcohol, drugs, whatever, all that shit. And then the fact that he was having psychotic episodes, or you know, and there were times where I didn't understand why my dad would say certain shit. He'd be wilding. I'd be like, yo, what, what is he doing? Or, you know, why is my dad like this? And now I get it, you know. The man was off the meds. All them wasn't blood pressure pills. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So the three years I was out there, man, he definitely boosted me. Definitely taught me some shit. I don't want to say taught me how to be a man. I, I think that that shit came after college. Um, but he definitely helped me get through college. Um, he got to see me graduate, essentially. Because um, at my school, I went to an art school. So we had like a portfolio show where you show off your your work. So that was uh, what he got to see. He got to see that because um, after that happened, that following Sunday, the next day, I actually was on the road and drove back to Cleveland. And uh, that following month, he died. He passed away. So he literally got to see me, you know, get my degree, essentially. And, you know, that was a big deal for me. Super big deal for me. Um, so when he died, I was working at Starbucks. It was actually like my first day, actually. My first week, I think. And so it was it was fucking rough. I like I really couldn't, you know, function and um, went through the motions, fell out with uh, my siblings because I'm, I'm the youngest from my father, the only kid from my mother. 
and uh, it was just it was somber you know and everybody came out the woodworks to tell me all the great things that he did how great of a person he was all that good shit and then you know I was able to reflect for real and it 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 does something to you when when you get to do what I did you know you get you're oblivious to who the person is then you get fed a bullshit narrative because somebody's hurt and then once you get fed that narrative you get to go and and really see for yourself who this person is that shit doesn't happen so for me to have the opportunity to do that I was extremely grateful um um, it meant the world to me to be able to get that closure you know what I'm saying to say that like at the end of my dad's life we ended on good terms like that was huge for me and like I think that's why I think that's why I was able to like really kind of move on from it because I still have like I got good memories great memories you know there's one thing when, for instance, like with my mom, everybody says, you know, you look just like your mom. Well, I'm named after my dad, so I literally can't escape that. Like every day I use my name for something. So, but um, it definitely, it paints a picture, man, because it's like the parallels of being in a tumultuous relationship with your child's father, child's father, child's mother. There I go thinking like my mom again. <laughs> but um, you know, like just that, like being being the father, and you know, knowing that you know you and your your kid's mom may not see eye to eye on a lot of things, and you may have put them through some things, and. You still got to be there for your kid. And I was the kid. So I understand that like. It's going to be like. A situation where I'm going to lose. It's going to be a situation that's like out of my control. Where you know I don't know what the narrative is going to be. Um, and I don't really care. Like, I can honestly say that, like, whatever, whatever say, whoever says, whatever, I don't, I don't really care what the narrative is. I just know that, like, I did things with my son. And I'm starting, and I mean, Gideon's young, he's three, so a lot of, a lot of shit ain't gonna hit right now, but, you know, I'm, I'm noticing that, like, yo, I gotta, I gotta hit, you know, I gotta be there, I gotta, I gotta do things with my boy, because it's like, you know, I don't know when my time's gonna hit, and, you know what I mean, like, I don't know what the narrative's gonna be, I don't know what struggles he's gonna have to go through. But I can tell you that me being in an inpatient facility for seven days fucked with me so much. 
Because the simple things like talking to my kid, I couldn't do. And that shit, that shit just bothered me. It just bothered me, man. Like, it's one thing to, like, have a bad day or, or be sick or some shit like that. But, like, when you physically can't do it, it's different. When you got to sit with your thoughts, it's different. So, I, I try to move with intention as a father. I try to move with intention because though I took a crazy ass shot trying to rebuild with my father crazy ass half court shot thinking like this shit might backfire I might come back with my tail in between my legs man crazy ass half court shot I fucking made it you know, it was a fucking, I hit it. Wasn't sure if it was going to pop. But I did what I had to do and it worked out. He was receptive and I think we both won. I think we both came away from that experience very good. Feeling better about it. I think that I'm a better father because of it. You know? I look at things through a different lens. Oh man, crying. (laughs) Crying makes you parched. But yeah, man, so. In the name of my father. That's why Gideon won't be named three. Or didn't get named Grover Cleveland Braxton the third. Wasn't happening. It's hard enough growing up with my name as it was. So I have more bullet points to to touch on, man. But I appreciate y'all time. I'm spent, y'all. And it don't get no easier for me when it comes to these episodes. So I I appreciate your time, and I I hope that. And me being vulnerable, or you know, it really resonates with you guys. And also, I want you guys to be kind to yourself. <laughs>